We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Aitlin is intercepted by Sam Mills. Steve Smith is going to go all the way. Panthers win in overtime. Newton steps up, goes for the end zone. Olsen! Touchdown by Moore. And in the foot race, McCaffrey to the end zone. He pounded on three. One, two, three. He Welcome back to another episode of The Roar, brought to you by Blue Wire. Very happy to be joined today by Will Parkinson from the Turn on the Jets podcast. He covers the Jets and does an exceptional job covering the NFL as a whole, too. Will, how are you? Hey, thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. The con words in the intro. You excited for uh, excited for the NFL season to kick off? Yeah, man. I was really just you know sitting on my couch for like twelve hours a day this past week weekend. You know, watching this college football. So that's a pretty good tune up for what we have in store for the next 18 uh, I guess 22 weeks with the NFL and let's get right into it the Jets are you know a fascinating franchise this offseason they went through quite a bit of change at the head coaching position the quarterback position um, offensive new offensive coordinator defensive coordinator I was really like I was a huge Robert Sella fan in San Francisco I was watching his defense quite a bit because I think he got a little bit of a bad rap um you know, some people thought it was he was a product of the insane talent that they had. But I've watched their defense last year. They dealt with a ton of injuries and they still performed at a high level. And that kind of speaks to a lot of uh, just the coaching that, you know, that he has in his uh, arsenal. And then bringing in, uh, I believe it's uh, Mike LaFleur, the brother of Matt, the coach of the yeah, Mike. <laughs> Mike, yeah, I got to make sure I get that right. Um but let me just get your thoughts on Coach Sala and like the staff he's put together here for the Jets. Yeah, I mean, I was really excited. Um, you know, really excited about the Sala hire. It was, like, it was something that was uh, kind of able to jumpstart my podcast career, breaking that story, which is pretty awesome. But um, you know, Sala was a guy that was really impressive in 2019 uh, when they made that Super Bowl run. But like you mentioned, all that talent on the defensive side of the ball can kind of get lost. Uh, you know, the coaching that's you know being done that he did in Seattle. Um, then, you know, moved over to San Francisco in three years as defense coordinator there. Last year was really what 
kind of sold, um, I think, the NFL community on how good of a coach he really, you know, really is. And they dealt with injuries left and right, losing, you know, between the trades in the offseason and then all the amount of injuries they went through this first couple of weeks. And they'll still be, you know, really comfortable, you know, competent and, and really good defense. Um, guys love playing for him. I like the staff they've put together in terms of the emphasis on Robert Salabi and that CEO type. The Jets have kind of been in a trend, I guess, for probably the last – you know, 15, 15 years or so in terms of a defensive head coach or an offensive head coach, um, or at least the last 12 years. And, you know, guys that only pay attention to one side of the ball and then the other side usually is lacking. Um, right now with, you know, bringing in Michael LaFleur, a guy that's been a hot, was like, you know, a hot, the passing coordinator for San Francisco, but he's like a hot name within the NFL community as well. And uh, to be able to bring him on board, John Bedden, guys like that. Um, as well, unfortunately, obviously, Greg Knapp passing away was was horrible, but he was a name that was, you know, another exciting name the Jets had brought in, you know, in the offseason. Um, I'm excited about this coaching staff as a whole. They're super young, very similar to the team as a whole. Um, the Jets have the youngest roster in the NFL. Um, I don't have the exact ages of every single coach, but I imagine they are one of the probably five or six youngest staffs. So there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but in terms of the upside of, you know, building a real program here with the Jets that it's going to be sustainable for both this year and, and going forward and not this flash in the pan that they've had, you know, at times when the Jets have been successful, it's usually one or two year run, then it, it kind of collapses and they're trying to not repeat those mistakes. So I'm very excited about the coaching staff as whole. Yeah. I mean, they, they made a lot of smart decisions this off season. Um, I mean, last year I was kind of confused what direction they were going. I know they're coming off. Of, you weren't alone. Nobody knew what they were doing. Yeah. It was a mirage, like seven or nine season because like their point differential is so bad. Um, but like, do you, I just wasn't really quite sure. I mean, I, I really loved the Mackie, uh, Becton selection. Uh, but outside of that, I was just like, uh, what's, where, where are they going? But no, nah, it was, dude, it was, it was a problem going the end of 20, the beginning of 2019 was, um, they invested a ton in free agency. Sam looked good coming out of year one, the jets, you know, you hire a new coach that nobody wanted, but they did anyways. And then Sam gets mono CJ mostly Terrace is growing. Um, Le'Veon Bell looks swashed and the rest is kind of history. They win a bunch of meaningless games. Right. They get back in, but they miss out on like an elite level draft pick. And then 2020 is just an absolute disaster from from Jump Street. And you know, now they go into a full rebuild. Um, you know, last year into this year. Yeah, and I and I mean it's uh I understand some Jets fans were probably a little upset. Uh number one overall pick went uh you know, they missed out on that, but hey, I mean, Zach Wilson is not a bad uh, consolation prize. I would say he's a uh, certainly looked good in the preseason. And, you know, I'm, I'm really curious because I think this offense uh, in particular, the Shanahan LaFleur offense kind of tailors right to, um, you know, what Wilson's really good at, which is, I mean, he's really twitchy and he's really got a good sense of, um, you know, understanding of where to throw the ball. And he throws are really on time. Don't get me wrong. Trevor Lawrence was ob- would obviously, in my opinion, would be uh, a good fit there too. But I think that just looking at the other options, Fields, Lance, and uh, Mac Jones, I think that uh, the combination of, you know, the Shanahan LaFleur offense with Zach Wilson uh, is a really good match. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. If you watch, you know, Zach's tape, uh, you know, not just the preseason, but his college tape. Um, he was the guy that, um, you know, everyone kind of a lot of going into the draft that, you know, Doug Farrar uh, does this Shanahan, you know, offensive power rankings of the quarterbacks and how they would fit into the Shanahan offense. And Zach Wilson ranked number one for him. You watch the tape. It's a lot of, you know, moving play action outside zone, all these different types of things is which, you know, the Jets are going to be running, you know, in 2021 and beyond. 
Zach Wilson fits it perfectly. He's got a cannon for an arm, um, moves really well as a really good athlete. Um, decision-making accuracy, all those different types of things I, that I've seen in person. I really enjoyed so far. Um, obviously it's only been preseason practice and there's, you know, a lot of left, you know, and we'll get to, I'm sure we'll get to week one, obviously, and, you know, see how that really translates. Uh, but you know, Zach, I really like what I've seen from Zach so far. The Jets missed out on Trevor Lawrence. Yes. But at the end of the day, there's people that had Zach Wilson as the number one quarterback. Uh, so, you know, maybe the Jets, you know, end up end up with a for once it was, you know, kind of fell their way that they didn't end up with Trevor Lawrence and Urban Meyer. And, you know, they ended up with Robert Solid, Zach Wilson, and Michael Floor. And, you know, that maybe that's what, you know, kind of transforms his franchise going forward. So no, I'm super excited about Wilson. I think he's a perfect scheme fit. And um, this offense and this organization is gonna be tailored around how they can build around Zach Wilson. And, you know, in the past it hasn't been that way. It's usually been let's let the quarterback try to carry us and we'll build everything else you know, defensively and we'll run the ball. I think the Jets will run the ball a bunch, but they're going to want to like develop Zach Wilson, invest in the receiving core, invest in the offensive line, invest in the offensive coaching staff. And, and that's what they've done so far. Is it going to take a lot of time to grow? Absolutely. But, um, you know, I like what they've done so far this off season. And I feel like it's a huge step in the right direction from, uh, from where they've been coming from for the last uh, decade or so. Yeah, no doubt. I really like what they did the rest of that draft, which was kind of support, Zach Wilson and and there's a lot of debate about whether they should have traded up or not for Elijah Vera Tucker but I don't think anyone can deny the talent that uh, AVT has and you know pairing him up with Beckton on the left side uh, should hopefully uh, knock on wood form a formidable deal for the Jets offensive line for years to come and they come back here in early second round and pick up one of my favorite receivers in the draft and Elijah Moore and I'm a you know pretty big fan of his and uh, that also includes they went out in free agency and signed Keelan Cole, who's had a pretty uh, solid career, and uh, Corey Davis, who I think is going to be a pretty big part of that offense um, if he's healthy. And I mean, he looked really good, you know, run blocking too. I was watching that Packers game and he was really getting out after it. Um, so, just as a whole, like, do you feel like the Jets and the personnel staff have supported Wilson enough this offseason to? you know, help him grow because maybe you're not expecting like a playoff berth this season, but just to see the growth from his rookie season from week one to week 18. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, so, you know, what they've done this offseason, like I mentioned, is just like, the Elijah Vera Tucker trade makes to me made all the sense in the world. And I know he's going to, you know, he's projected as a guard. He could play tackle obviously as well. He'll start at left guard. And everyone kind of freaked out about the fact that they gave up, you know, that additional third rounder uh, to come up and get Elijah Vera Tucker. 
in hindsight, they just got a fourth rounder back from the Vikings for Chris Herndon, who wasn't even a starter for this team and was going to walk next year. Um, so they might have, you know, technically lost on the value chart, Barrett, like, you know, a little bit in that Elijah Barrett Tucker trade, but they also just traded Chris Herndon for a four to the Vikings and the you know, same team they made that deal with. So they got that pick, you know, they got a pick back that's almost as valuable. So I'm not worried about that. I think you need to show up the offensive line. They should be able to run a ton of outside zone with Beckton, Elijah Vera Tucker on one side and, and kind of solidify that offensive line for the next decade. Um, the right side's going to need a little bit of work, but, you know, they've got serviceable, you know, serviceable veterans along the rest of the offensive line, which we haven't seen yet. Um, they haven't really practiced together at all. So that's going to be a huge factor. And then, again, we'll get into that, I'm sure, but they haven't, uh, they haven't really gotten too far into, you know, getting, building some chemistry there, but it should be okay. Elijah Moore is going to be special. I have zero concerns about his NFL future and how good he could be. Um, I don't, there's a very real possibility he's the best rookie receiver this year. I'm not saying he will be, but there's, it's, I would not surprise me in any way, shape, or form. He looks, he's looks fantastic. No, ATA has looked fantastic in camp. Uh, got hurt with a little bit of the groin and the quad injury, but um, is back now and, and kind of at full strength. Corey Davis, the guy who's going to get, you know, the number one targets for them. Thought it was a really good sign in the offseason. He's kind of a player that started slow in his career. His number five overall pick, incredible college career, and then kind of got off to that slow start. He's been ascending ever since last year, almost at 1,000 yards. You know, had a really strong year in only 15 games. So, you know, he should be able to be a guy that, you know, breaks at a 1,000-yard mark. And you have guys still like Jameson Crowder. Um, you mentioned Keelan Colton, play inside and outside. Denzel Mims, who was a second-round pick last year, showed some flashes, had a tough camp, but, um, you know, was looking more like himself. And, the Jets have definitely built up a much deeper and more talented receiving core than they've had outside of 2015, probably since 2011. Um, you know, the offensive line is better than it's been in a long time. It's still not what it needs to be. Like I mentioned, right guard's definitely still an issue. They can upgrade at center. They probably can upgrade a right tackle long term. Uh, but, you know, as an offensive line to be elite, you, you know, or really good even, you don't need to have five elite guys. You need to have an elite group as a whole. So, um, other outside of tight end, I think the Jets have done a really good job building around Zach Wilson this offseason, and that, you know they'll continue to do so. But I think they've given him enough, um, you know, from from start one that we can see him progress, you know, week one through week eighteen, and see him kind of go on that upward trajectory where the Jets can say, "We have our quarterback." You know, going to twenty twenty two, we can go make a playoff run. Um, you know, get make try to challenge Buffalo, New England, Miami. You know, in a real sense, not even just from a fan perspective, but everyone around the league thinks that same thing because Zach Wilson's that good. That's the goal. And that's what makes the season successful or not. They can't have the same situation they've had, you know, with the last three or four guys they've drafted. I was a huge Sam Darnold guy. The Jets had no idea if Sam Darnold was the guy. Obviously, they ended up moving on from him. Mark Sanchez, they found out wasn't the guy, but they found out too late. Geno Smith wasn't the guy. And it just, they need to know do they have that franchise quarterback? Do they have that franchise head coach? Um, coach, GM, and, and quarterback are all on the same contract schedule right now and it's kind of all lined up in the right way, the way competent organizations do things. And they've, again, added to that offensive side of the ball a ton this offseason. I think everyone's looking forward to watching the Jets' offense. In years past, it's always been the defense of, oh, the Jets will be strong on defense, they'll run the ball, but they don't really throw the ball well. Um, that's not going to be – I don't think that'll be the case this year, and I think that's why they'll be a team that's, from a neutral point of view or a gambling point of view, the Jets are going to be kind of a big-time wild card and, um, you know, every week you have no idea what you're going to get, but I do think they'll be able to have enough, you know, around Zach Wilson to at least evaluate him for real, um, over the next, uh, next 18 weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier, the running game is going to be a big part and uh, they didn't invest too heavily in this position, uh, this offseason. They did draft, uh, local favorites, 
Michael Carter from UNC and uh, uh, they reunited LaFleur with Tevin Coleman. Um, and Coleman seems to been around the league for a little bit. But what can you tell me about this? This, I mean, I'm assuming it's going to be a running back by committee here, but what do you, who do you expect to have more of the, um, receive more of the carries and who do you think is going to be that, that, that third down guy, the running back? So, rotation? yeah. So for the Jets, I think, um, surprisingly, Ty Johnson's probably RB1 um, out of camp. He's a guy out of Maryland, 4 4 guy, super fast. This scheme is perfect for him. He's looked the best in camp in terms of kind of big playability. And the Jets will be running back like by committee, like you mentioned. I think every game, probably two or three guys are going to share the load. Um, you look back at San Francisco, Raheem Mostert, you know, in that 2019 season, Raheem Mostert, like a 300 yards in the NFC title game. And, um, you know, the week before, he wasn't even the starter. And it was like Matt Burita and Tevin Coleman and all these guys. So that's kind of what you'll see. Tevin Coleman, I think, you know, maybe he's the, the quote unquote starter and maybe he gets that first series of the year. Um, but I think Ty Johnson probably plays the most. Michael Carter, who you mentioned, who I'm really excited about watching. I think is he'll probably start as RB three to start the year, but third down back, really good out of the backfield, really shifty. A guy that's going to kind of grow within this offense, and probably by the end of the year will be the Jets' best running back. But I think Ty Johnson to start the year, Tevin Coleman maybe as the quote unquote starter, but I would say the most carries will probably go Johnson, Carter, uh, then Coleman and like Michael Pirine and uh, Josh Adams will be the guys that you know some pass protection stuff, more special team stuff, but. Yeah, like I mentioned, Michael Carter is a guy I think all Jets fans are really excited about. I think the coaching staff is excited about, um, but he's going to have to kind of beat out Ty Johnson and Tevin Coleman right now for those uh, for those RB1 reps. And I think in the passing games where you'll see Michael Carter is, you know, anyone from that North Carolina area knows how good he can be in that area. Um, but, yeah, Ty Johnson's the guy that will probably be the most uh, – will get the majority of the carries, at least early in the season, because of his, you know, great ability, you know, within that outside zone scheme. Yeah, I was really impressed with him last season, especially because, I mean, the Jets really didn't have much and he kind of uh, he definitely showed out um, before we transition defensively. I want to get your perspective here. What is one area um, that concerns you heading into this game um, about this side of the ball, the off Jets offense against Carolina's defense? And also, what's one area that you think that the Jets could really exploit offensively? So. I love Brian Burns. Like, I think he's an exceptional football player. I think he's a guy that I wish the Jets would have taken. Um, whatever. That's a whole nother discussion. Um, but I think him lining up over right tackle, whether it's going to be George Fan or Morgan Moses, we'll find out probably tomorrow or, uh, you know, or Thursday, who's going to start. They're both competent offensive line. Morgan Moses was the sixth ranked right tackle in football last year. That's mostly due to his ability in the run game. Um, he's had an okay camp, not great. George Fant's better in pass blocking, but struggles a little bit at the point of attack in the run game. So I'm a little – I'm worried about the fact that this offensive line, while I think is very improved and think can be probably within 15 to 17 range in the NFL and be a really solid offensive line, maybe a little bit higher if, you know, Bear Tucker and, and Beckton kind of hit their stride. They, Beckton had a concussion and struggled with a foot issue all offseason, did not have a good camp. Um, he'll be fine when the lights come on. He always performs, but did not have a good camp. Isaiah Tucker practiced probably three or four times all camp, uh, had a pulled pec muscle. McGovern's looked good. Greg Van Rodden, who you guys are familiar with, is okay. He's just okay NFL lineman, you know, kind of a journeyman guy. Um, and like I mentioned, right tackle, Brian Burns causes havoc. Zach Wilson's first start. The offensive line hasn't gelled yet. I can, if, you know, if he starts causing problems and rushing throws and gets the Jets off platform, I think that's the thing I'm most worried about just because pass rush kills kills all and uh and brian burns is that you know is that good of a player in my opinion from everything i've watched on him that uh 
you know, I think he's a guy that is kind of the X factor. If, can the Jets, if the Jets can contain him, I think they have a really good opportunity. Going at, going in on the same side of the ball, I think the Jets have an opportunity, especially, you know, I like J.C. Horn, who's my cornerback one in the draft, and I, I think that he's a guy that is going to be really good. Rookie corners also really usually struggle. Um, I don't know that he'll struggle, but I think as a second secondary as a whole, I think the Jets receivers can win a lot of these one-on-one matchups, especially maybe Elijah Moore in the slot. Um, Jeremy Chin's obviously a really solid player as well, but just as that secondary group as a whole, I think the Jets could win some of those one-on-one matchups. And if they're able to contain Brian Burns, you know, and the rest of that Panthers defensive line, I think they can, they can put up some points. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's U-N-I-F-Y-D healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. That said, again, if Brian Burns is getting home, getting pressure all game long, J.C. Horn kind of locks in and has looked the way he's looked in the preseason, which has been really good, um, then the Jets are going to struggle. But I would say those are the two matchups I would say offensively for the Jets, can they can they protect Zach Wilson and win those one-on-one matchups and can the Panthers get pressure on Zach Wilson and, and make him uh, make some rookie mistakes? I will say, um, Morgan Moses, he had a very good game against Brian Burns last year in Washington. Uh, that was one of Burns' worst games. So, uh, I mean, Burns did have a sack, but that's... No offense, that. I'm hoping for the same thing again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that he did... Burns did have a sack that game, but that was... Uh, you know, Dwayne Haskins was a disaster that game. So it was uh, mainly just because of the quarterback. But I, I do think that if Moses is the guy, then, um, you, then you guys could be pretty good on that side. Uh, but I, I will... One more thing before, you know, we transition to the other side of the ball. It's... Um, you know, Carolina's defense, they probably had their best game of the year last year against Aaron Rodgers and uh, the LaFleur offense. Uh, so, again, I'm, I'm sure that the Jets have their own flavor and they have obviously other players. Uh, but Carolina's defense, they like to do a lot of disguise. They struggled a ton in that game. That was game was like, I don't think anyone was expecting them to struggle that much on the offensive side of the ball in that game. Oh, yeah. No, Aaron Rodgers, after the game, said it, he was really confused. It looked like a college defense in a complimentary type of way uh, just because they were – uh, doing a really good job of protecting against the run and pass. Um, so I think it's going to be a very similar game plan to what they did against the Packers. Uh, but, but I agree. Uh, JC Horn, he, he had, he has to establish himself as the blue chip defensive uh, prospect slot corner is an issue for Carolina. Um, that's kind of up in the air right now. Uh, AJ Boye is suspended for the first couple of weeks. So, um, you know, it's going to be a pretty interesting. So I do expect uh, because Crowder is probably not Crowder's definitely out. Correct. Not, uh, not necessarily. We'll find out tomorrow. Okay. Um, he is vaccinated. So if he tests negative um, today, which we'll find out, and then tomorrow he'll be eligible to play. He was dealing with a little bit of a groin. I would imagine he does not play. 
um, if I had to guess, but I don't think it's out of the question yet, just because he is vaccinated. We were able to confirm that uh, yesterday. Um, so he, it's that five day rule where if you do two negative tests in that five day window, you right. are eligible to play. If he doesn't practice tomorrow, he still has a chance. If he doesn't practice Thursday, he's not playing. Um, so I, I think it'll be TBD, but he's probably just based on the way things are going, he'd probably be the Jets' third or fourth option at this point because, um, you know, he's missed now almost a week. They've, you know, they've practiced only twice. Obviously, a lot of these guys have been off for a little while, but they've, uh, he's the one guy that's had the COVID issue and he had a little bit of a groin. So I would imagine he's probably at best questionable. Gotcha. Yeah. So I guess if Elijah Moore is that slot option or Keelan Cole, whoever, I, I expect them to get quite a bit of uh, targets because I do think that for right now, that is an area that is uh, questionable in Carolina's defense. Um, so let's switch over to the other side of the ball. And I mean, this is, you know, for as long as I can remember, the Jets have always invested a ton um, in their defense, especially at the defensive line, not necessarily edge rusher, uh, but Quinton Williams, uh, I believe he's healthy, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. And, uh, and they just traded for Shaq Lawson, which I thought was a really, you know, underrated pickup after, unfortunately, um, you know, Carl Lawson, he tears his... What a, what a disaster, man. He yeah. looked... He was their best player all camp. Like, I I truly don't think I've seen a guy get that much pressure. I played football my entire life for 17 years. I I don't know that I've ever seen a defensive end get that much pressure consistently against guys. Like, again, yes, you know, it's practice, and a lot of times it's him fully padded, but, like, this dude was balling. Like he looked unbelievable <laughs> and it was like, wow, the Jets finally have this guy, this edge rusher. I know it's probably what you're going to say. They finally have this edge rusher and that D-line was probably a top five D-line with Lawson. Um, without him, they're still really good, but that uh, that definitely like, it, that sucked like big time, especially right. Achilles, Achilles like that where like your season shot and like your 2021 is like, or 2022 is like question mark at best. No, it, it's a terrible injury. I've, obviously I don't wish that on anyone and Carl Lawson's a player I've always watched him. I mean, I was a huge fan of his at Auburn and you know, he definitely produced for the Bengals too. Um, a little confused why they let him walk, but Hey, their loss is your gain. Uh, yeah. But hey, Trey that, Hendrickson, the same amount of money. And it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen a lot of Trey Hendrickson here in Carolina. He's an okay player, but he benefited from Cam Jordan and uh, the other guys on the other uh, defensive line. Uh, but another guy you guys did pick up on the from New Orleans was Sheldon Rankins, another you know, draft fan of mine back when he was coming out. Uh, so talk to me about this defensive line rotation, starting with the edge rushers, uh, Lawson, Franklin Myers, uh, and you know the defensive tackles. Well, there's Quinnen and uh, is it uh, Fatu Kasi? Is he the other starter? Yeah, you you crushed that. That was easy. There you go. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, Foley's kind of the uh, he's kind of like the mouthpiece for the defensive line in terms of he's a good player um more of a run stuffing guy um you know quinn quinn's awesome i think he struggled year one he had the high ankle sprain year two kind of bro- you know definitely broke out it was a pro bowl level player was the highest win rate um you know and, and during running plays in the nfl last year from a defense interior defensive line perspective like 49.8 percent i believe so wins basically at least one out of every two matchups in the run game which is huge um sheldon rankin's a guy you know, it'll be a rotation inside mostly of Rankins and Williams to start. Fatsu Kasi on more running downs, Rankins on more passing downs. They're going to need to get the pressure interior from the interior to having watched Sam Darnold for the last three years and watching every single snap of his college career and a lot of high school in Sam Darnold, you have to get pressure up the middle. 
Um, that's how you kind of fluster him, get his timing off, and, you know, you got his eyes wandering. It's also where the Jets are strongest right now. You know, Sheldon Rankin's a Pro Bowl-level player. When healthy, Quentin Williams a Pro Bowl-level player. Um, so, you know, those are the two guys of the biggest X factors from the interior perspective. I know, I believe that both, you know, it's Pat Eflon and then potentially the Panthers' backup right guard, if I'm not mistaken, due to some COVID stuff. If, you know, I was reading about it, it was an injury. I couldn't remember which one yeah, happened. John Miller got COVID and he's yeah, not yeah, John Miller, yeah. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was there. I knew something, something happened there. And um, and then from an from an edge perspective, John Franklin Myers broke out last year. Another guy flashed a lot was Bryce Huff. Um, he's a guy that out of Memphis, he's more of a speed rusher. He has gets he's gotten a ton of pressure. He had two sacks, I mean, a huge sack in the uh, in the first preseason game. Kind of came up, flew off the edge, and you know smoked the giant, uh, you know, Giants offensive line, which is awful. But um, those are the two guys that I'm, I'm most excited about watching from an edge perspective. Shaq Lawson as well will rotate in there. Um, you know, they, Tim Ellis, the guy they just got from, um, Kansas city, who was a guy that they kind of stashed on the, uh, on the practice squad last year and then had three, I think three or four sacks in the preseason has looked awesome. So they claimed him on waivers, uh, last week there, the edge game is just going to be very much from the jets. Um, you know, winning those one-on-one matchups again, if they get interior pressure, they need to win up front. Um, that's how the jets are going to win this game is winning up front. They have huge issues at corner. Uh, that's the worst position on the roster, that and tight end. Those two positions, you know, tight end, I don't even want to talk about it. It's just a bunch of veterans that are, you know, whatever. At least at corner, it's guys that might be on the Jets in three or four years. It's guys that are decent prospects that are later round picks that the Jets have taken shots on. But if they can win up front on that, you know, those, especially interior-wise, you know, stop the run game, don't let Christian McCaffrey get too loose, you know, early in the football game then they at least have a chance to put themselves in position to, you know, continue to, uh, you know, get stops. But, you know, edge-wise, it's a lot of guys that have high upside. Like, you know, Lawson, who's former first-round pick, you know, he's usually between five, four to six or seven sacks. So um, if he can get, you know, stay around that level, John Franklin Myers can get to, you know, seven, eight sacks, Huff as well. The Jets have some solid, you know, opportunities. And then again, they just got to win up front. Um, that's kind of, that's the biggest key for the Jets uh, defensive line wise. Yeah, no, I, you're, you're spot on with interior pressure because uh, Elf line has not looked good at all this preseason. Paradis. Oh, I know he was a Jet, man. I, 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 I yeah, that, I mean, this new GM, Scott Fitter has done a lot of good things, but it, uh, he made some questionable decisions on the offensive line, this free agency and, uh, and the other guy next to him, um, Cam Irving, is a question mark. He has looked competent as a left tackle. Uh, which People is were he... giving Cam Irving hell on Twitter yesterday. I don't know what sparked it, but I opened up Twitter to people just roasting him, and I was very confused. I didn't know what happened. I mean, I guess Panthers fans are not happy. With I mean, people have been roasting that poor guy since he got signed. I mean, this. It was a little bit, it was clearly an overpay because he barely played last year and he's just kind of still riding off being a former first rounder. But I mean, to his credit, he's looked much more competent than Elfline and then Paradis, who's uh, supposed to, I mean, he's been a pretty reliable center, but he's also struggled at times. Um, they're going to play Dennis Daly, who's like their utility offensive lineman. Who, he He's like their backup swing tackle and he plays everywhere in the line. He's going to be the uh, the right guard. And then, uh, they have arguably one of the better right tackles in the NFL, Taylor Moten. So I, I feel very confident at right tackle. It's it took Brady um, Christensen too, right? Uh, they did take Christensen. He's uh, uh, still a couple. I don't know the the interesting. I liked him as a prospect, but you know the the issue with him was the short arms, and uh, sometimes he can be a little. Um, 
he can expose his chest at times. So there's still a little bit of a work in progress. Uh, Deontay Brown is the guy they also took from Alabama. Um, I think they're working again with him. He had a lot of weight issues at Alabama. So I think he's in a pretty good spot now. I think uh, the nutritionists have, um, you know, his weight is definitely in a good spot, but again, it's going to be a little bit of a, um, uh, the coaching staff doesn't want to just put more rookies on the offensive line, which is going to be a big issue. And as you know, um, and we saw in the preseason, Darnold gets those happy feet and it, it can cause issues for uh, the offense. And again, you mentioned that the corners, I mean, again, it's going to come down to how, how they do up front. I expect DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, a guy you're very familiar with, um, to win on the outside. Terrace Marshall has had an excellent preseason. What is Joe Brady going to do? He was very vanilla um, as far as his play calls in the preseason. Uh, but for me, it's just going to be about getting the ball out of Darnold's hands quickly. Don't make him do these five-step dropbacks because I do not expect the offensive line to hold up. Yeah, no, I, the Jets' biggest issue is at corner. Um, Bryce Hall is a nice player. He's a guy who's probably a second-round prospect. Fell the fifth round after a really gross dislocation of his ankle at Virginia. Um, Brandon Eccles likely will start. The Jets cut Bless Austin um, but in a bit of a surprising move. Not that Bless Austin's a fantastic football player, but um, was the vet, biggest veteran in the room at only age 25. The Jets have, you know, the oldest player in that, you know, that uh, cornerback room is 24 years old. So a lot of guys that have potential. It's not that they are not good football players. We just, they've literally never played NFL games before. I expect Robbie to be able to get loose at times. I expect DJ Moore to have a big game. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I would be shocked if Terrence Marshall didn't have a big game, although I expect the Jets to at least get Bryce Hall. Um, you know, one of these guys, maybe it's Terrence Marshall, and, you know, he's able to do a decent job on him. Slot corner for the Jets isn't bad, actually, at all. Um, Javelin Gidry is a guy who's a speed, you know, is a burner. They drafted Michael Carter, second out of Duke as well, who's a nice prospect. It's a, it's that second outside cornerback position. That's the biggest worry for me. Well, Marcus Joyner at safety has also been banged up. Ashton Davis is not going to play as well at safety. So the Jets are Marcus May and then a bunch of, um, you know, kind of young guys as well back there. Those are the two biggest things. Um, you know, can Joyner play, which doesn't look likely at this point, but we'll see. And, you know, can the second outside corner position hold up enough. You know, I, I think that Sam should have a good game. I think Panthers fans and Jets fans, you know, vice versa would be disappointed to see Sam not play well based on the secondary he's facing, how many amount of weapons that the Panthers have. But if the Jets are able to get a lot of pressure, which you mentioned as well, which is likely it's probably the way the Jets win the football game. Um, you know, then, then kind of all, uh, you know, all cards on the table with, you know, kind of how that works. But between McCaffrey, um, him and CJ Mosley will be an interesting matchup. And the Jets, you know, the Jets have both their other starting linebackers now are rookies that have converted safeties. Again, they have a lot of young, they have a lot of young players. And I'm sure I've said this 45 times. They have the youngest roster in the NFL. And it's like most of these guys, I think there is 19 guys that have never played NFL snap before, um, you know, on the roster in some capacity. So 
they're going to learn, you know, it's going to be trial by fire. They've got some big names in Marcus May, Mosley, Quinn Williams, and Sheldon Rankins on the defensive side of the ball. And so those other guys, that supplemental cast, can Joe Brady take advantage of, you know, kind of confusing some of those young corners, getting Darnold in the rhythm, moving him out, you know, moving him out, rolling him out to one side, giving him some short three-step drops, you know, ball out of his hand quickly, use McCaffrey out of the back. So that's where Sam's the most successful, and he's always been that way. It's when it's, like you mentioned, five, seven-step hitch and, you know, trying to throw the ball outside the numbers to guys that, you know, having to win one-on-one matchups that with the Jets just didn't win them and Sam would force the ball in and get intercepted. If Sam doesn't have those dumb mistakes, um, which he doesn't always, but when he does, obviously they're, they're head scratching. If he doesn't have those, he could have a big game. If he doesn't, um, or if he does have one of those and the Jets get pressure, that's when he'll struggle and the Jets will take the advantage versus, uh, versus the Panthers having the advantage otherwise. Yeah, no, for sure. And again, McCaffrey, he was uh, only featured like in three or four games last year. So it's going to be a pretty big question mark what his workload is going to be. Um, they did pick up Royce Freeman, which I thought was a pretty good pickup, uh, you know, third down back. And uh, Chuba Hubbard is their other guy who's probably going to be on kick return duties, but um, they just picked up a kick return the other day. So who knows? Uh, yeah, but for me, I mean, you hit it right on the nail of the head. This preseason, um, like I said, Joe Brady, he's not a type of guy like a Brian Dable is going to take those deep shots down the field. Uh, Darnold, I don't think, attempted a pass more than like, you know, maybe 12 to 15 yards in the preseason. Um, and he played a half against Pittsburgh. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's just going to be about, you know, spreading out the Jets defense and getting the ball out quickly. Um, a lot of Sean Payton. It's all, about getting, it's all about getting Sam, you know, Sam going early. That's the thing. Like, if you can get Sam going, not the first drive, but that first and second drive, he usually plays pretty well. It's when they come out and it's three and out, three and out, and he look, doesn't have any confidence is when usually things uh, things go south. And just from my uh, experience over the last seven <laughs> years of USC and the Jets. No, I mean, that's spot on. I was I was also a pretty big Darnold fan coming out. Um, but no, you're, you're, you're definitely spot on there. And I think that uh, Brady's, you know, some of his um, first drives, as they call it, uh, they were pretty good last year, especially with – uh, because Bridgewater and him had a pretty good chemistry. Uh, so it's going to be very critical for Carolina to start fast uh, because you don't want to keep a team like the Jets hanging around. Um, so let's just close this out here by getting you know kind of your prediction on where you see this game going. Right now, you know, the spread is five points. I know it started a little smaller, but... Um, I'll get- four, I guess uh, Vegas, is, Vegas is ready to bet against, the, bet against the Jets. You know, they did all of last year and won a bunch of money. Yeah, yeah. I, I I mean it's it's interesting because I mean the Jets they did cover quite a few towards the end of last year and um even on some of the losses, we're not gonna bring up that Raiders <laughs> one, but uh but what what do you like what do you see happening on Sunday in uh Charlotte? Yeah, so I'm gonna I'll drop I'll give you a preview kind of of I haven't done my official prediction yet. I've been kind of thinking about this all week. How how unbiased can I I try to be as unbiased as possible with the Jets on my podcast. No, man, you gotta be biased, bro. The way I the way I cover the team and the way I cover the NFL, I try not to be biased, but I think the Jets end up, um, you know, squeaking a win out here. I think it ends up being a thirty to twenty seven win. I think Sam plays well, not great. I think the Jets, um, you know, McCaffrey gets loose a little bit. Robbie probably has a touchdown and gets really excited, you know, being the sun god. But um, I think the Jets will be able to run the ball decently well, you know, outside the numbers and the Jets' offensive line will will do decently with the with that Panthers defense. Um, Wilson will play well. I don't think it's going to be 500 yards and five touchdowns, but I think he'll play well enough to go out. Wow, I really, this is you know, more and more of what we saw in preseason college. I think the Jets can squeak out a win um, and come home and you know have the Patriots 
Patriots at home and you never know what could happen, but get started on the right foot. Um, you know, and the Panthers will have a bunch of other games. They'll be able to win within the division and things like that. So I think that's kind of, as of now, I'm leaning 30 to 27, pretty high scoring, fun, exciting game comes down to, you know, a kick at the end. Um, I'm not sure if I decided if the Jets, the Panthers miss a kick or the Jets, you know, hit one at the end, but I think, uh, you know, Jets squeak out of victory in Carolina. As of now, that's what I'm, uh, that's what I'm leaning towards. Hey, fair enough. And, you know, for me, this Panthers team, they're in a the second year of their rebuild under Matt Rule. Um, they really should not be favored by five points against any NFL team with all due respect, even the Houston Texans that they play in a few weeks after that, they are still, they, to me, it's just about proving it. And because they are, they are at home and because they are facing a team that is, you know, new head coach, new quarterback, uh, new offensive and defensive systems. I got a ton of respect for Robert Sala. I mean, despite some of the issues in their secondary, uh, I still expect them to have an excellent game plan uh, to combat Joe Brady and, and Sam Darnold. Um, so I'm, I'm more, I'm definitely worried about that side of the ball is defensively. I think they've shown enough towards the latter part of last year to where I feel a little comfortable and they brought in some good talent, um, as well, especially on the defensive line. Uh, so for me, I'm going to say Carolina, I I will not say they cover. I think the jets cover, uh, but I'll say it's going to be a 20 to, uh, 17 game. So bring it off. Yeah, you said 30, 27. Yeah, yeah, well, basically in the same kind of uh, in the same ballpark, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be one of the most exciting games to watch, um, you know, this weekend. I I really genuinely think that there's a lot of storylines. You get to watch new coach, new quarterback in New York. You get to watch, you know, Sam Darnold, who's one of the most, you know, well talked about prospects, uh, you know, the last couple of years, make his new debut, you know, two teams that are probably a year away still, maybe not. Um, the Panthers are obviously a little further along in their rebuild, but they're both got some young, exciting talent on the outside, you know, who wouldn't want to watch Terrence Marshall and Elijah Moore and these guys make their debuts. So I think it'll be a good game. I don't, I'm not, I just don't know that I love Sandarm probably more than anybody <laughs> other than my brothers, but um, I'm not sure that the Panthers or Sam Darnold have done enough to be almost a touchdown favorite at home. Um, but at I agree yet, but at the same, but at the same time, the Jets have won nine games over the last two years and gotten blown out a ton on the road. So they also haven't done anything to not be to not be, you know, almost touchdown underdogs. They're both teams need to prove something. That's the that's the cool part. Both quarterbacks need to prove it. Week one doesn't really matter at the end of the day because the Jaguars won a game on week one last year and then lost fifteen straight. Um, but. It'll, I'm excited for the, I'm excited for this game. It's one of those games on the schedule you circle when the schedule came out, and we're like, "This is a game that that'll be really exciting," even though it's you know AFC versus NFC and stuff like that. Oh, 100. I mean, the same thing happened to the Panthers in 2001. They won their first game and they lost 15 straight. Um, hey, ended up drafting Julius Peppers. I was just gonna say it worked out well. You were a Super Bowl three years later, and Julius Pepper is one of the best yeah. players of all time. Yeah, but it is weird because we didn't get the number one pick because the Texans were an expansion franchise, so they got. Um, you know, David Carr dodged, dodged a bullet. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, the yeah. Jets had the same thing happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're spot on. I mean, Carolina, they have to prove it uh, to me before they're starting to get, uh, you know, this type of line favored in five points. I just think it's a little too much. I do think they should be favorites. I mean, it's going to be Bank of America Stadium. It's going to be very hot. It's you know always hot here, so it's. Uh, especially September month. So again, this is the type of, uh, the, I mean, their schedule, it gets pretty brutal after this week because they have the saints coming to town. And then they, uh, I mean, the Texans gets, you know, pretty, 
decent game. But after that, I mean, the NFC South is uh, not an easy division, uh, especially with that Atlanta rebuilding. Uh, but Will, I really want to thank you for joining us. Uh, do you want to plug anything before you leave? Yeah, I mean, just uh, follow me on Twitter, Will P A Eleven. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, the whole nine yards. Um, TOJ Pod uh, weekly articles, NFL wise. You know, covering the NFL. Um, sometimes can break some stories, but can't guarantee anything with that. But um, no, podcast is good. We try to have as many guests on as possible. Friday's podcast will have uh, some Panthers Jets preview and, and all those types of things and bunch of guys from ESPN, NFL Network, and things like that will be coming out in September. So, um, yeah, if you want to listen to some Jets and just NFL football, you know, in general. And, uh, yeah, make sure to tune in and uh, hit that subscribe button. Follow me on Twitter. And uh, hopefully I'll have some Panthers and fun Sam stuff on there as well, not just Jets stuff. Well, that's Will Parkinson. You can find him on Twitter at WillPA11. Will, thanks again. Thanks so much for having me. And, uh, you know, good luck on Sunday.